The sun is just setting on a beautiful, serene cabin in the forest. The type of cabin Bob Ross would paint, with its gentle reflection gleaming on the water. The trees are lush, implying summer, and there's a gentle breeze that swings through them. There's a small pier jutting out into the water, and a young woman sitting on the end with her legs dangling off the side, just slightly touching the water. As we fade out of the scene, upward, and focus on the moon, we hear only the crickets, then the sound of water splashing, and a scream. Good evening, and welcome to Gore, a horror podcast to keep you up at night. I'm the wicked kitten always getting into mischief, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, TV's Travis. Well, hi there. Also with us is the endearing, the ethereal Faye. Hi, hi. And lastly, the dread you've been feeling since you hit play on this podcast, Dreadly. Hello. So we're going to do a very, very brief what you do and what you watch and how you've been. Uh, so we can get to our lists because, yes, it's list day. Woo-hoo! It's a list show. It's a list show. It's like a clip show, but good. Huh? Pretty much. Wait, our clip show would be fucking awesome. There are awesome. good clip shows. Mm-hmm. Ah. So, so, Travis, very briefly, <laughs> what you doing? What you watching? How you been? Uh, I've been well uh, lately. What I have been doing is painting some more Warhammer minis. Uh, another set of Corvus Cabal have uh, begun the painting process, and these are so much fun. And uh, watching, I have been diving into classic TV on the other show that I do. Those were the days, one of the other shows that I do. Uh, and this past week, I've watched way more episodes of Batman from 1966 than I have watched in many, many years. And damn it, if that isn't just one of my favorite versions of Batman. It's awesome. So, such a lighthearted Batman. Some days you just can't throw away a bomb. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't get yeah. that reference. Faye, uh, how you doing? What you watching? Where you been? I'm good. Uh, what I've been watching has been Freddy's Nightmares. <gasps> yes. Because that is on uh, a, a streaming site now. So, I'm happy that somebody's at least putting it up. Um, and uh uh, other than that it's been work so broken record there yep that's we all gotta do it and dreadly what the hell have you been doing that's a question i ask myself every day Mm -hmm. but for purposes of this show i'm gonna say i continue playing through chrono cross oh last time i said it was meh i was waiting now it's been a little bit better because shit got weird and I like weird. So, yay. So we shall continue our adventures and see where it leads us. Other than that, we've uh, finished our uh, watch. We watch from Resident Evil movies. Yes. Those certainly were movies. Uh, they are that. They, they are. They are. They hey. are. I like some of those movies. I like some of those movies. One? Admittedly, I've only seen the first couple. Uh, I kind of... at least the first two are... I kind of cut the line after that. Two's great. One's 
one. But in the end, she gets a little too many clothes on. and Yeah, she gets more yes. clothes as the series goes on. Yeah, I'm not saying there's a problem it. with that. I'm just saying this is what we noticed. Like she starts out with a, a dress and no pants and eventually she gets like a whole thing of pants and a jacket. I mean, I guess maybe that's what happens when, you know, you're married to the director, right? And he's just like, maybe, maybe you should put on like pants and like two pairs of socks and like, you know. But yeah, that's about it in short for me. Uh, so go, go, go. Oh, well, obviously I've been watching Friday the 13th movies, but yeah. Monica, what have you been up to? <laughs> Uh, let's see. I watched a few of the, to catch up because I, you know, recently rewatched the Friday the 13th series, uh, but caught up on the last few that I hadn't seen in a bit longer. Um, and other than that, work and life has been, um, you know, just rough lately. So we're just going to keep it at that short and sweet because it is time for the lists. So we did this before on the Halloween show uh, where we basically we gave our I can't think of the word for it. Subjective. Personal. Yeah. Subjective. Personal personal rankings of the Friday the 13th movies. I want to remind the audience as well as my co-host that these are all personal and um, they do not... uh, What's the word I'm thinking? I can't think of words anymore. These are <laughs> all personal lists that we made at this point in time, which could easily change. Yes, they could easily change in a week. Yes, but I also want to point out that nobody here is saying that their list is the right list. Except mine. Or the best list or that we're saying anything like that. Except mine. Okay. And, uh, you know. Because we're like, I, I especially love that we're four different people who have watched all these movies and we all have, you know, differing opinions. And that's a beautiful thing. It I, is. Like, so I want to hear one. Wrong and that's okay. See, that's Travis. Not, not watch us have the exact same <laughs> list. And uh, that, that monologue was just, no. <laughs> no, well, but and, really, and, like. And honestly, like if all four of us had the same list, it would just be dull. Why would yeah. we I know. True, but there is no one way to eat a Reese's, and there's no wrong way to do Friday the 13th. But also, like, I want to hear why you hate something that I love so much. Like, I just, I need to know. Like, what is it? What hit you wrong? Because, like, and it's not a list of what the best movies are, because that's obviously, like, number one, a different list, and, well, a boring list. This is... Obviously, they are going to coincide probably that the better movies are the ones that we liked, but there's a lot of personal preference in these lists. Okay, so much like we did last time, we will start from 12. Each one of us is going to um, give our number 12. And when we get to the point where all four of us have said the same movie, then we're going to discuss it. Okay, so we're going to start... I guess we do our normal order because it's usually Travis Faye and, and oh. Dredden and me. So before we start, I have a small confession to make. There yes. are 12 movies on this list, as we just said. For the longest time, I thought there would be 13. Like, not now, but like when I was younger. Because at one point, I saw a movie on TV when I was really young. 
and it was a man in a hockey mask wielding a chainsaw running after people and killing them and I just figured well man in a hockey mask that's going to be Jason so it's one of these movies and then years ago when I watched all of them this scene never happened there was no chainsaw wielding Jason so for the longest time I thought there was another movie in the series that I have not seen or not found but in the end waiting it, no, it feels like no, you're no. conflating this with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like you somehow I put know. a hockey mask on Leatherface and, but, and when you were a kid. But the truth is, I eventually found what I saw. And it wasn't even a movie. It was a trailer or a movie inside another movie. So ah. <laughs> the movie this was in was actually The Blob. Mm-hmm. And a movie that I remember was called Garden Tool Massacre. Yeah. That's awesome. That actually, (laughs) that could work. We could, yeah, I could see that. That'll be our first movie that we make. The 1980s blob, right? Yes. God, I love that blob. I'm sorry. That was like, that was one of those movies I liked as a kid. So who knows? I did not know. I did not know about this. And then I was just watching the blob unexpectedly and they go to a theater and in that theater, there's or a trailer or the actual movie they're watching. I don't remember that. And mm-hmm. it's like, holy shit. I do go to a theater. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's like, damn. So, yes. That's great. That's the short story. I was actually thinking of this movie for a long time that I remember seeing Jason and Freddie, and I think it was either Leatherface or it was Hellraiser pin, Pinhead guy. And uh, and they were all together and they were chasing after this girl and then the girl turned into something else. And I was like, what the hell is this movie? And I think I figured out that it was like Transylvania Twist or something like that. It was some movie. I think that's what the name of it is. But uh, yeah, that was actually in the movie, like right at the beginning and I was like, look, Freddy versus Jason, except they're working together to kill the girl. <laughs> so where do we start? Oh, yeah. Number 12, Travis. Uh, my number 12 is Friday the 13th from 2009. The remake lands at the bottom of my list. Faye. Same. The remake. Oh. Hmm. Could we be talking about... A movie right away? Dreadly. My number 12. Getting the award for ugliest mask and (laughs) fastest pee in history. (laughs) It's number nine. Jason goes to hell. The final Friday. Who who wants to make a guess what my number 12 is? The remake. I'm going to go with the remake. That's what I'm putting my $5 down on. Faye? Uh, my guess would be Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, after this viewing, uh, I actually, um, you know what? I decided it went up on my list. So, yeah, the reboot or the remake or whatever you want to call it is my number 12. Yeah, I was I was surprised as hell too, let's just say. I expected it to be nine, but honestly, once again, like we said, every time we watch it with a new year, my sense of humor for part nine is just, you know, it's grown. And my hatred for some of the stuff in that remake 
has grown. Number 11, Travis. My number 11 is uh, part six, Jason Lives, because I don't remember much of anything about it at all. Like, it just was not memorable to me. Faye, number 11. Uh, the first movie, the original. <gasps> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't have any more air to do that. And Dreadly. And you guys make fun of me. Jesus Christ. My number 11 and the award for being the most recent Jason movie and not being <laughs> as bad as the Nightmare remake is Friday the 13th 2009 remake. My number 11, and this is probably going to surprise everybody, is part eight. Oh, we shall let me also, I know we already started the thing, but I just want to preface one more thing is that like, I love every single one of these movies. This was a really hard list to make. And I actually started out by ranking them with my own like ranking system. And the lowest movie on my list still got a five out of 10. So I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, you know. It's lower. Well, so so collectively, our lowest, because we've now all chosen the remake of Friday the 13th from 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went into this thinking that I would have that ranked much higher uh, because I remembered watching it in like 2009. I got it from Netflix on a DVD. I watched it and I was like, eh, it wasn't so bad. You know, it was, uh, as remakes go, it was fine. I watched it this time around. Fucking boring. It was like, it made... N- it was just dull. There was no, there was nothing redeemed. Like the most memorable thing in that movie is the character of Trent and how badly I wanted to beat him with a tire iron and <laughs> kick him in traffic. Yes. That was it. Jason is boring in it. There's no motive. Like they try to set it up. If you don't know anything about the Friday the 13th franchise, this movie makes even less sense. And it already yeah even as a fan of the franchise makes no sense. It's just dumb. It's, it was awful. As, as you just said earlier, when I was doing my little blob story, you said, Oh, you probably mixed uh, Friday 13 and Texas chainsaw massacre together. Mm-hmm. I feel like the people making this movie did the exact same thing. Well, because the so things Jason does yeah. keeping that girl and all that's more a thing. Letterface would have done. Well, it's the same director as the remake of Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre yeah. from like the so. couple of years before it. It's Marcus Nispel. And so. And yeah, that was that, a good remake. Well, well, yeah, that remake was good. That one was okay. But for some reason in this, it's like you were sleepwalking through it. I don't know. It was weird. I was just going to say they, they basically took Jason 1 and or Friday the 13th 1 and 2, merged them together as one movie, and it had too much story to fit in one movie. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it was boring. Yeah, I don't even think it had too much story. I think it didn't have enough. There wasn't enough story behind it. There she was means a lot the two of movies. No, I, I know what she means. But what I'm saying is the it was boring and and it didn't have much story going on. It had a lot of runtime. It had yeah. it had people talking, but there was no like story being told. It was just here's some random dipshits and here's a seven foot dude in a hockey mask uh, mm-hmm. killing them all, except for one for some reason he didn't kill and left alive so that her brother could find her. She had the thing. Then she looked like his, I don't know, his mom or whatever. Uh Yeah, but that makes no sense because she's there and then he still freaks out because he's having flashbacks to seeing his mom got killed. And he's like, yeah, but Mm -hmm. then you know she's not your mom. So why are you keeping her? It makes no sense. None whatsoever. No, they took something that was uh, 
you know, beautiful, like, like Faye was saying, well, I did, she didn't say beautiful, but like taking the two movies and just kind of, and I'm not going to say it ruins anything. Cause I, I don't believe that about, you know, new movies and reboots and stuff, but like it did really do it badly, like just so badly. Like these are beloved stories and you just like, meanwhile, there are 85 movies that tell me the goddamn origin of Batman, but you needed to squeeze the origin of Jason into like 15 seconds. Like what? Like you could have, I just, yeah. So that was disappointing in the beginning. I tried to like it. The, you know, it was fast, faster Jason, harder Jason. Like, you know, it was, <laughs> wait, that didn't sound right. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it moves faster the pace like everything does nowadays. Same thing with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was louder. It was faster. It felt, mm-hmm. certain parts just felt really good. If it wasn't for the beginning and if I could chop off the end of the movie when we realize that she's like underground, that's about that middle part is all I would ever keep from this movie. Like just a little like there's campers, you know, that kind of thing. That's about it. Well, And that's the thing. And we're, we're I'm sure going to get into it with a lot of these, but like these Friday the 13th movies are very much a product of their time and they feel like they were made in the 80s. And this remake feels like it was made in the late 2000s and that's not a good thing because it was just bland it's just there's nothing going on there's nothing new there's nothing original and there's nothing campy or or unintentionally funny either mm-hmm. oh there's one thing that's intentionally funny or unintentional i think it's intentionally funny and that's uh trent when the uh when jason throws the body onto the police car or the car that they're trying to get into and he just screams like that that is like, that is like in my top uh, five best guy screams of all time. Just sure, but it's it's still like all I can think of when I think of that character is just kicking him into traffic. Yeah, but him screaming like that was great because like he's all like I'm a he was like he's like literally Jared Padalecki is friggin' like five inches taller than him and he's giving him attitude. Like oh, yeah. I would be terrified of him. I'm like, hello, sir. You're on Superman. Yeah, even if he was a bully, you don't. Bullies usually don't pick people bigger than them. No, uh, not at all. Make really sense. But this movie, as you said, I I thought it would be my uh, number twelve before rewatching everything. Um, I enjoyed most of this movie. Actually, I'm not going to say it was great, but I enjoyed it. You know, fun. But it was just pointless because. Mm-hmm. And and they never did anything with it. You know, you do a reboot, just make more movies then. But they never did. They just did this one movie, which makes it completely pointless to do it. And that's the problem is they rebooted a franchise that was already established and had a bunch of chapters with the intention that they were going to make a bunch of a bunch of them. And it did not do well. So there was no money to be made yeah. because even cheap movies nowadays cost a good amount of money. It's not like you're making the first movie for 500 grand. You don't do that anymore. So mm. let's just say the other supernatural brother got the better remake. Yeah, that's true actually. <laughs> yes. uh, but I was going to say, <laughs> I like, we just had like Jason X and then Freddy versus Jason, like Freddy versus Jason was 2006, right? 2007. No, it was 2003. Was that 2003? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was just 
you know, let's say five, six years ago, before that then, and, like, to reboot it so close to that just felt weird. They could have kept going instead of rebooting. Even if the the next chapter would have been really horrible, like, it still probably, I still would have liked it more than this. Number 10, Travis. So my number 10 is uh, for the same reason that part six, Jason Lives, was my number 11. My number 10, because I just don't remember it much and I, I found it to be kind of dull uh, for me, was part five, A New Beginning. Faye? Part two. Dread. Uh, my number 10 and taking the award for best butt carrying jeans of all time and best mom cosplay. R2. Uh, We'll talk about the butt later. So my number 10 is part nine. Uh, So let's go to number nine on the list. Uh, So my number nine uh, is uh, part three. Part three. Part three. Both of you. Wow. Uh, Dread. Well, my number nine and taking the awards for uh, best Jason... And best jumping the sky shrunk moment by introducing telekinesis. Number seven. The new blood. Hmm. My number nine is Freddy versus Jason. Number eight. Uh, my number eight is part eight. Jason takes Manhattan. Part six. Well, my number eight and taking the award for best falling nipples. And teaching us that two steps ought to do it. Jason X. Okay. Number eight. Part six. My my number seven is part nine. Jason goes to hell. Ooh. Does that give us Yahtzee? No, it doesn't. We're missing one. Yeah. We're getting close out there. We're getting close. Mm -hmm. Um, Faye. Jason goes to hell. Yay. Is that is that the Yahtzee? Right, that's, that's uh, the Yahtzee. four factor. Okay, your dread your number seven. No, what? What? Yeah, do your number yeah. seven. Do your number seven. I do mine, and then we talk. All right, we're doing number seven. No, I'm confused. Jesus Christ, women. Yeah, this is what what my brain is doing because I keep seeing the ranking and then the number of the movie, and I'm yes. getting really confused. Okay. 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 My number seven, and taking the award for best misleading title and best Boomba kicking scene, part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. My number seven is part two, Freddy's Revenge. No. (laughs) So, number nine, part nine, the... Final Jason goes to Friday. <laughs> Jason goes to Friday, yeah. <laughs> Jason that, goes to Fridays and he gets mozzarella sticks. Yep. And that's my least favorite movie. <laughs> that would probably have been a better movie than this one, yeah. Yes. I guess. I don't know. I ranked it higher than the rest of you, uh, or than the two of you did, because for me it was like it it tried some shit. It didn't work. None of it that's worked. Right. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah, it but. tried to give a reason, like the way that uh, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Dead, gave reasons to why he was able yes, to do all the stuff. also the best movie in that franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, too. 
And I think here's the thing is for me, I remember a hell of a lot more out of Jason Goes to Hell than I do parts five or six for me. So that's part of it. It's got Steve Williams in it and I love him. Uh, he's, he's awesome and it's just goofy as shit and it's dumb and I liked it better than, uh, than a few of the other ones. So mm, question. that's why it retired for me. Yo. Did you watch the unrated version with the extra uh, sex scene? How long the was the sex scene? Half? Uh, uh, whatever version I watched with you. So yes, I think you so. You watched it with me? Pretty sure. Did we? I thought so, but it. Know. I'm pretty sure it was the unrated one. Did did Whenever me you I and watched, Dread watch it? I don't remember. No, I don't remember that. Uh, maybe was maybe, it a long maybe time? Maybe not. Ago? But it might have been a while ago. But also, it may have just been that I, whatever one it was. I'm pretty sure it was the unrated one. But mm, just for me, okay. it was a more memorable movie. Yeah, I was just curious because there is definitely a difference there, and you know. Mm. That you don't forget that. Yes, there also, is. No, uh, uh, yes, the only yes, movie with yes. condoms. <laughs> I gotta say that the uh, unrated version was indeed better than the other version. I still don't understand why they would cut parts out of these movies. That's like mm-hmm. just completely messing them up. Yeah. But hey, eighties. Yeah. That's the I mean, Ninety-three or nineties. Well, you know <laughs> what I mean. That era. Uh, but yeah, so I did this, I think I said this in the Halloween episode, like they did the similar thing there with, well, now suddenly Michael is part of a cult and, uh, you didn't know about this in all the other movies, but yeah, it is. They do the same thing here after eight movies, seven with Jason, suddenly he can just go in other bodies and needs some kind of, uh. Uh, boy, air, baby thing to die. Jesus Christ! Come on. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's stupid. Don't get me wrong; it's stupid. Yeah. I Jason's just, an STD. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> essentially, and and it's dumb. But I just and that I, music. I remembered that so much more than really part five or six at all. Like I can't tell you much about either of those movies. So makes sense. Uh huh. Yeah. Once again, like we've we've all seen these at different points in our life too, and mm-hmm. we you know we attach to different uh, ones for specific reasons. Yeah. Um, Faye, you also rank this higher than me and Dread. Yeah, and <laughs> oh no, I was. <laughs> this is the part where we talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it. It's one of the movies I, I enjoyed for the cheesiness of it and the, the craziness. I mean, that's what I like in my horror movies. That's why Child's Play is probably one of my favorite ones other than mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Give me the corniness. Give me the one-liners. I love those. All Jason's one-liners were a bit lame. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All his, all his speaking parts were awesome. He's the strong, silent type, okay? He and Mike uh, Michael Myers went to the same school of acting. Mm-hmm. Show don't tell. Yeah, the uh, the head tilt. <laughs> yeah. Like they both got the head tilt thing. And the sitting. I, I will. Oh yeah, uh, I will agree with with Dread though, and that it is the worst mask. 
Oh, I hate it. I know what they were doing. Yeah. I understand the idea behind it, but mm-hmm. I just, it's ridiculously bad. I don't. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I I will agree a little bit, but there is a movie that has like probably a worse mask than that. Come on. Yeah, Halloween has worse mask. <laughs> it, it, regardless, Creighton Duke is my favorite character yes! of any of the movies, period. Steve Williams as Creighton Duke, even though he's in a terrible movie, he is the he is my favorite character in the entirety of the Friday the thirteenth series. Just mm-hmm. Putting that in, the, putting that out there. I, I do love him as Creighton Duke. Um, he's great. That scene where he's breaking his fingers, I cannot watch. I can't. I look away because that is painful to me. But yeah. also, one of my favorite scenes is when uh, the main guy, John DeLumay, or whatever the hell his name is, the one from Friday the Thirteenth series, by the way, uh, yeah. he is in handcuffs and he does that jump. And like gets, you know, puts his handcuffs in front of him. Like that oh, really yeah. cool. Like, I love that. That's one of my favorite moves in movie in movies when people can do that. So uh, I'll give it points for that. Also, I had one of the comic books of this movie. Mm. So it wasn't always really low on my list. And it's definitely moved up. So who knows what it'll be next year. Uh, number six, right? Yep. Yes. Uh, my number six awesome. is Jason X. Faye. Freddy vs. Jason. Dread. Well, my number six and taking the award for best versus movie and the movie <laughs> that made us remember what fear tastes like. Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, my number six is Jason X. All right. Number five. My number five. Freddy versus Jason. Ding, 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 ding. We have Faye. a winner. <laughs> Faye, you're number five. My number five would be part eight. Jason takes Manhattan. Dread. My number five, taking the award for best dance sequence and having the fanciest corkscrew. Part four, the <laughs> final chapter. My number five is part seven. A new blood. Or the new blood. Is it uh, or the? I don't remember. Duh. Duh. Um, so that was a very difficult movie to put in this list. Okay. I, you can't, uh, you know, Freddy is part of this movie. Mm-hmm. He's not in all the other movies, obviously. Uh, so right. what I did is actually start with Freddy versus Jason on my list and build around it. Instead of inserting that's a good it. way of doing it. I, I kind of um, did it similarly because Freddy versus Jason was, I remember distinctly going to see it in theaters. So that was like a watershed moment kind of demarcation that I could use. It's like, okay, because I didn't watch a lot of these growing up. It was just the series. This was like the series that I didn't see a lot of um, until I got older. So that was, that was the same thing. I, I was like, I start there and then I build around. Is it better than that? Is it worse than that? And slot them in. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I remember a lot of the marketing, or at least a lot of the fans going, uh, you know, Jason fans going, you've got Freddy in my Jason movie. And Jason yeah. fans, you've got Freddy in my Jason movie. You know, vice versa for each yep. of them. And it's, it um, was, I, that's I need to add a thing there. So I added all these movies to my Plex, but I organized them. 
And that uses like uh, to get them in there. I use uh, the movie DB, I think it is that yeah. has all this info. And it uh, puts movies in collections first. And Freddy versus Jason, it puts in the Friday the 13th collection. Fun fact the Friday the 13th remake does not go in this collection. <laughs> Nor should it. <laughs> no, Freddy versus Jason is a weird one for me because, like, it felt about as good of a of a team up slash kind of versus movie as we were going to get of these two franchises. But it was like they couldn't give either Freddy or Jason kind of the upper hand. Like everything yeah. had to come out as a draw, and it's kind of it annoys me in in some ways because I understand well, I, why. I There's never saw it at the draw. end. <laughs> well, that's why I, I love yeah. the first part of that movie is awesome. Like the first when they are not versus each other, they're just you know Freddy's using Jason. You have excellent. You have a good Jason movie at that point, and the Freddy scenes are also good. It's just the second part. They start the versus part, and that's fun. But as you said, they can't really have one of them winning. That's the problem. They, with it is. they did, and they did. They but absolutely they did. It was exactly. It was exactly who it should be. It's the same thing with Alien versus Predator, which was my theory going to see Freddy versus Jason when I was the age. Um, it was that Jason is as much as he's killed people, he is an innocent. He is a child. Whereas, you know, Freddy Krueger is a child murderer. He's, you know, and whatnot, you know, we won't get into that. But, you know, so Jason will always have the upper hand because he'll always be this little kid who is just getting revenge for people letting him die and killing his mother. Same thing with Alien versus Predator. Like, Predator might be like killers, but they're, you know, they're sophisticated and they have honor and things like that. And aliens are just like, you know, they're just aliens. They just kill whatever. They do whatever they want. And so, like, I always knew that Jason was going to win. And he did. They had to do the wink at the end. Oh, I know. You're a Freddy fan. I see you. But, but that's the thing. Jason he won. Didn't, he didn't win because winning would imply that he killed Freddy and he didn't kill Freddy. Yeah. He, you it, can't kill it anybody. Was literally Nobody's ever dead. It was it, it was wasn't done a draw. that way his, on purpose he, to be a draw. He cut his head off. Or no, she cut his head off. But he cut he stabbed him with the thing and then Freddy's okay with that? Yeah. Freddy was like, "Hey, I'm still here." <sighs> you didn't get me. The wink number 1, the wink at the end should have never never happened. That scene but, at the end should have never happened. They should have yeah, just ended it was, the thing. It was it was it was silly. It was added on because the Freddy fans that were watching wanted to see you oh, know, no, Freddy get like a final that, little they are dig. Both but Jason absolutely, I know I'm a horror, I'm a horrible biased Jason uh -huh. fan, but he absolutely won that movie. Also, so did the, uh, the person who played the main actress who was uh, named Monica. There you go. Just, you know, well, her real name, not the name of the, that's the thing is if you do this movie, it's either going to be done out to a draw, which is what it was, or you have to kill both of them. You can't have one defeat the other because all the Nightmare on Elm Street fans are going to get their panties in a twist if Jason wins. And all the Friday the 13th fans are going to froth at the mouth if Freddy wins. So yeah. you end up going to a draw. That's why they should have let that last scene gone and it would have been both dead, both defeated. No, like, 
He yeah. stuck him with a thing. If you want to say the ending is like, you know, once again, like I said, to placate people and whatnot, but Jason stuck him in the thing. He got him in the defeated pose. The The girl is still the final girl. She defeated Freddie in that moment. But at the same time, Jason just quietly, you know, fell into the lake. And I don't see that as him losing. Freddie definitely lost in that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like saying that Kong beat Godzilla or Godzilla beat Kong. There's never going to be a winner there. They're going to always go to a stalemate and a draw. And it's the well, same way with this. I don't know much about those movies, but. Just wait till we rank those. <laughs> Probably not. I've only seen the one movie and it's always the more, it, it's just, that's just what it is. Whatever one has the more morality, that's the one that's going to be on the more winning side. I think we also all have mentioned Jason takes Manhattan now. We've all mentioned what? Jason takes Manhattan. Yes. I believe that too. Yeah. Jason takes Manhattan, uh, ranked higher than some of the other ones, because again, I kind of remember it, uh, most memorably uppercutting a guy's head clean off his shoulders. (laughs) Yep. Uh, the problem with it was just like dreads, uh, award is for most misleading title is Jason doesn't necessarily take Manhattan so much as he wanders around a couple blocks of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Uh, he spends the mo- most of the movie on the boat and that's to its detriment. Like I get it. They didn't have the budget to shoot there, blah, blah, blah. But still for me, more memorable than, you know, five and six. So that's why I ranked it higher. I just, I remember that. Plus there, there is a great, I mean, the few shots they actually had in New York city, like uh Kane Hodder stalking down the street and stopping and just like smashing that boom box. It's great that I remember because it's just fucking awesome. But the rest of the movie's dull as shit. So, yeah, I mean, I can agree, one hundred percent. The best parts were when they were actually in Manhattan. Sadly, as you've already pointed out, that doesn't happen till late. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, I took um, when I was pointing because I made this all like with points and stuff, and it lose it. It was my number eleven because like. It was just mostly on the boat. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, you know, Jason takes a boat. Should have been the name of the movie. And then sure. stops in Manhattan for, you know, a pretzel or something. Um, uh, You know, it's... But it is very, very memorable. It has a lot of good kills. Yeah, and that's, that's for me why it just ranked higher than a couple of the other ones. Was just, yeah. it's more memorable. And it, I find it a fun movie. It's like, you guys said... Part nine, they did something different. Well, they did something different here. It's not yeah. a camping. It's not around the lake. He takes a boat. Uh-huh. Hello. I'm on a boat. Yeah. Yay. Um, so it's just fun. It's a fun movie. And that dude that plays the, not the dad, but uh, the, the professor. Oh, yeah. She's, she's hilarious. Like when she uh, shows him her biology project, and he's like, Hey, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I can't fight against you. That's I'm perfect. so weak. Uh. And of course, oh, the Manhattan part is just awesome. Like him standing there in the oh. middle of. Uh. That was for me. That was the peak of Kane Hodder as uh, yeah. Jason. Was were were those scenes because standing there? Yeah. By the time, by the time of uh, Freddy versus Jason, sadly he wasn't. They didn't cast him. They they brought in Ken Kernzinger, who 
ironically is in Jason takes Manhattan um, as uh, the cook in that diner. But Ken Kersinger, they cast him because he's like six foot five and he could power over Robert Englund. And unfortunately Kane Hodder, while still very tall by that point had had enough back surgeries that I think he, he just didn't have the size that they wanted for him. But Kane Hodder had this ability and he, and it, that's why it was the peak in, in Jason takes Manhattan. And then he was great in uh nine as well, which by the way, for my ranking, it was a coin flip. Jason goes to hell. Jason takes Manhattan. I was like, which one is seven? Which one is eight? You know, because, yeah. but, but Kane Hodder had this, this look about him where he, he was, you know, somewhere between six, two and six, four, depending on how his back was that day. But he's, he's, he's wide, he's bulky. And he had just this, yeah. he had this ability in the mask and in the getup to emote the way that Jason, that's what I think of sure. when I think of Jason yeah. Voorhees. He's, he's, he's just the best exactly. Jason of all. He is the best Jason. Which is we actually sad that he's in the worst quotation marks he's some of the worst movies unfortunately but he's the best jason still yes because he's got the physicality for it and the way that he moves the way that he uses his movements to tell the story of yeah because he if you see him he's he does that breathing thing like yeah (laughs) that's just him perfect and And it's like the cook he he beat his ass cook might have been bigger than him but he kicked his ass okay yeah there. But he, it, it's like the, you know, we talk about like great acting and the ability to act with a mask on and not really be able to like say your lines or emote and things like that. Like his physical acting ability. And he was just basically, you know, like a stuntman, right? So, and and brought something to this role that no other, and most of the people who play Jason were stuntmen. Uh, none of them brought. Yeah, they're basically all all stuntmen yeah. but you're right like kane hodder was the one that brought personality to jason <laughs> yeah yeah that's what he and did. You s- and it's, go ahead i was just gonna it's that breathing it's that the way he moves his arms and his shoulders when he's breathing as jason and and just the way that like he holds himself when he walks yeah. uh and it's part of why he got cast he's like the only one to do it more than once yeah he made it he made it a point to to never there was something about the way that he got up. I remember in one of the interviews that he did, like he would just straight, straight up, like he came straight up. Uh, whereas I went back and I watched like, I think it was part four. And when one of the girls is trying to get around the other Jason, the other Jason is laying down, you know, passed out. And then when he gets up, he kind of like rolls over like a regular human guy and just kind of tries to grab her. And the way he gets up well, is just like, I could kick this guy down. He was a human guy at that point while Kane Hunter well, was. Yeah. Zombie that is true. Himself. You are right. Which if you makes wanted it to funny say- that he does the breeding part because he should be breeding at that point. <laughs> that's true. But I think that's movie. a big part of it is that is that Kane Hodder brought that different physicality of like, let's make Jason frightening beyond like every movement that he makes should be bone chilling and it shouldn't feel like a normal person. And so that's what made him great as that role it's just unfortunately yep. he had to be in some pretty crap movies yeah, yeah. i'm that also going small, to small thing about jason takes manhattan because that's what we were talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> that ending that is weird? just batshit insane okay who's batshit oh, insane the ending that, oh yeah that just that makes what? Little, yeah what? i'm not what? saying i'm not saying and and honestly like you could say that about six of these movies that the endings are just absolutely insane 
Uh, but this was one of the only ones that wasn't supposed to be a dream. And that's the problem. <laughs> like, okay. I also wanted to point out that, like, you know, we already talked about Freddy versus Jason, but uh, Travis made the point that they recast the other dude who's, like, taller and stuff like that. And I always want to complain because, like, I know they had some vision of whatever the hell they wanted, but, like, the the people going to see that movie, it was more important to them that it was Kane Hodder than that the person towered over Freddy. And I, I think it's just, it's a shame that we'll never get to see that because, like, that was just... You know, that's what we dreamed about. Like, we were always talking about the Freddy vs. Jason movie coming out. Thanks to yeah, part right. nine. Okay, part nine had one redeeming thing. That was the <laughs> end where the cloth comes out and Freddy's laughing as he pulls Jason's mask down. Yeah, that was Kane <laughs> yeah. Potter's hand. Yeah. yeah, which is funny. I mean, the only thing I was thinking of, they could have just had him wear platform shoes. <laughs> that would During have been the scenes. Good. Well, you can just film it differently, and you can make someone well, look taller than they are. And yeah, but, I yeah. Mean, they do that Whatever. in a lot of movies. But when they were standing next to each other, you know, face to face, we could have just been wearing or, platforms to make them taller. Problem solved. Do that in just about every movie. Or just make just shrink Robert England down. Um, <laughs> well, he's he's usually bending down a little. He's like hunched over most of the time, anyway. So. Well, he drops his shoulder that has the glove because of the weight. Yeah. Yeah. Number four? Uh, my number four is part two. My number four is part seven, New Blood. My number four, and taking the award for best goddamn stew in the whole wide world, <laughs> and the movie that teaches us that you don't have to wipe your ass even if you have diarrhea from your damn enchiladas. <laughs> it is... Part five, the new beginning. My number four is part five, a new beginning. <laughs> Does that make all four of us? That makes four. all four of us for two and five. Oh, wow. No? Okay, so let's talk. Oh, about no, for two. For five? two, not five. Oh. Oh, okay. We okay. Said so number two. Well, part two for me, it's, I mean... If you listen to this show, you know, the 13 part two is like the genesis of half of that list, if not more. So many of the tropes came from part two. Jason as a character comes from part two. Uh, A lot of what this series became is born out of that. And so for me, it ranked fairly high because of that. Uh, And it was, again, like the more memorable things for me. Just the opposite for me. I don't remember anything from two other than he wore a paper bag on his head instead of the mask. And the butt. <laughs> I like that you called it a paper bag. <laughs> one eyed burlap uh, snack. Uh, <laughs> I think we want to call it paper bag from now on. Because <laughs> Jason was paper, not plastic. Um. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's about the same. It's very forgetful in a way, like the butt. I remember the butt. Mm. Mm-hmm. I remember I Jason needs his, uh, check his fingernail because he has a little blood thingy there underneath it. And he needs to uh, learn how to hold a knife, right? He's holding it upside down. Yeah. 
He does. Uh, but also, that's uh, the assassin way, though. Mm. But like the the non sharp part of the machete, though. But like honestly, the the kill uh, where he hits the one dude right in the face with the back of the machete, and then you know oh, rolls him down too. the stairs. That's yes. that's two. Right no, in the no, face. That too, I mean, great, he, he also that, does that to the wrong side. That's, yeah, that's the wrong side. Also, he also does it to the dude hanging upside down. It's the same person doing the thing, so I think he just was cutting that way. Um, but that's it. That's one of the great kills of all time in in the Friday the Thirteenth series. Um, well, and you're yes. and you're talking about when he killed Mark, the guy in the wheelchair who was in yes. the motorcycle accident, and who, by the way, his IMDb photo is him with the machete sticking out <laughs> of his face. Yeah, he actually died. On or whatever. He died in like 1995, so there's not. Aw, yeah, Israeli. Oh, thanks really for sad. that, Monica. Jesus I'm sorry. Christ. It's you know, look, it, we honor him by talking about him, right? Um, one thing I've noticed in all these movies, a lot of people get something to their face. That's like a thing. <laughs> well, that's because it's nice. We can do that, and you know, we were learning, we were doing our great, amazing uh, special effects, and it just—it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, I just. It also, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you say that you don't remember things, but it's, I, I, for me, it's one of those where I remember the things because then we see it get recycled later and it gets parodied and all of the stuff oh. all comes out of these first two movies. And this one just had so much of that, whether it's the girl skinny dipping or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the cheesy character, like uh, Ted as a character playing his electronic football game. And then you see, you see that come up later or, uh, all that. It was the only, uh, thing I remember in the series, somebody in a wheelchair at the camp, uh, that their mm-hmm. camp counselors learning how to be camp counselors, I thought was kind of mm-hmm. cool. You got your Volkswagen in there. You got all that kind of stuff. Like it's all the tropes are in this movie. Um, so yeah. Uh, speaking of things that get recycled, not really, I like to point out that Friday the 13th, the series, like it's. In each movie, they kind of retell the previous movie, and they do that yeah. up until like, what is it, eight, like seven? They don't do it in every movie. They only but do it in all the first ones. They do it, whether it's through a camp three. story, fire, uh, campfire story, or uh, yeah. Well, okay, so you're talking about the campfire. I thought you were talking about like the clips because they yes, they only too. do the clips in like part seven and part uh, two. four. They do it in two and two. Wait, yeah. they do the clips in three? True, no, they don't. Campfire story. Do they? But they show the clips. No, no, no. But we're talking about two different things. I'm not talking about the campfire story. The the clips. The clips. No, no. They use the clips during the telling of. They do that in every man. Yes. I did and not remember them doing it in three. And that I appreciate because you feel like you're watching <laughs> one big story actually instead of you know, separate movies like most other. Like even I know the in, movies are in, separate, but still, you know. I know in in uh, like in two they just they continue on the story of one and I thought in the beginning of three they just finish up the story of two. No, and in fact in two they continue the story of one, but then they tell the story of one with clips from one around the campfire. Then they do the same thing at the beginning. Of oh three yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, go. 
<laughs> so no, I just remembered. Just... Yeah, now that you said that it was like weaved in there, now I'm remembering. Yeah, and they do that for a lot of these movies. Yeah, and there's all different. Like, yeah, but my favorite is, and we already talked. Well, I guess we'll talk about it later. Now that I think about it, yeah. Um, just wanted to point that out. What movie were we talking uh, about now? Two. 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 Number two. two will always be special for that. For exactly what uh, Travis said. It does have a lot of the tropes. It, you know, it starts everything. It's got one of the best final girls and it's just, um, it is a classic. It is lower on my list, but it does not mean that I don't love it. Okay. I'm just saying it had to put it somewhere and that's where it went. So my number three is part seven, the new blood. Jason 10. You mean Jason X. Just ask or, Apple. Okay. Or spacing, as some people call it, which I don't know who does that, but. You just yeah. did that. Yeah. You do that, apparently. No, yeah. I heard it somewhere. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, my number three and taking the award for best mommy and for trying to make Monopoly fun. Friday oh. the 13th. Oh, yeah. Original. Strip Monopoly. I'd play it. Coming soon to a Patreon level near you. Wait, what? <laughs> My number three is part four. Uh, did we all mention seven now then? Yeah, that okay. would be, yeah. So number seven. So I think for me, part seven, the reason it got high on my list is again, that memorable, memorable thing. They, it's silly to bring in suddenly you got a girl with telekinesis and the loose thread of like her family had a house on Crystal Lake, I guess, or she's somehow... She's on Crystal Lake for reasons, but I just remembered this one. I remembered it a lot more than some of the other ones, and I kind of liked the idea of bringing in something weird and zany like telekinesis. Um, so yeah, part seven for me was was a memorable entry. Yeah, I mean that's why I liked it and why it was high on my list too. Um, I, I enjoy it. It's. I've always had a fascination with telekinesis and telepathy, so it fit right in. Uh, Part 7 for me was uh, quite low on my list, uh, surprisingly, in a way. Before I rewatched it, I would have probably put it higher. I did give it the award for Best Jason, because as we all know, this is the arrival of Mr. Hodder. So he looks damn awesome. But yeah, the telekinesis, mm-hmm. nah, I can do without uh, <laughs> without that in my Jason movie. Thank you. Get your mutants out of my Jason movie. Yes. <laughs> go go play with Freddy. You, you can do that. Freddy likes it. That's fine. So part seven is in my top five because part seven was one of my personal favorites growing up. It, probably because, and and eventually we'll get to a Nightmare on Elm Street episode where I'll, where I'll say this, but Dream Master was my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which is basically the same thing of the main character having some sort of power ability thing like that. And it was a lot of, uh, you know, me as a little kid wishing that I had something like that. Like I could be powerful and I could defeat the scary monsters and stuff like that. Like I could control my dreams or, you know, I could throw nails at uh, Jason and light him on fire or whatever. So it was it was a lot of wish fulfillment and it still ranks up there, not just because of my love for it, 
but the makeup is amazing. There is a scene where he walks out of the lake when he first like wakes up and the back of him, like his spine is showing and it is just one of the most beautiful shots. Uh, just it's beautiful. I mean, it's grotesque, but it's beautiful at the same time. It's just, yeah, I know the story is whatever. And there's a character named Melissa, who is basically the Trent of this movie who I want to kick in the face. Um, but she gets, uh, you know, she gets something else to the face. So, you know, that's good. Um, but yeah, so that's why it's in my top five. Number two. So my number two uh, might surprise some of you. I don't know. Uh, is Friday the 13th, the original, is my number two. I think that surprises Dread a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Part five for me. My number two. Taking the award for best soundtrack and the best 3D in all these movies is part three. My number two is part three. 3D. I think we've all said part three and now. Part five. Yep. Five and three. We'll do five first because that's, uh, we'll, we'll sure. technically. I Go don't ahead. really remember a whole lot of part five, uh, <laughs> to be honest. It's, it's one that I've seen probably the least, like five and six, I've seen the least of any of them. Uh, and I just, I don't remember much about it. I know it was, it was the one that didn't actually have Jason in it. Um, so Mm -hmm. that was a little strange. I get what they were going for. Uh, but eh, it was just meh for me. Mm. Oh, come on. Tommy was cute. He's no Corey Feldman. He could kick ass all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he went through a lot of torment. No, we're talking about fully grown Tom. Tommy, mm-hmm. Ooh, Tommy with oh, the shirt yeah, off. He has muscles, and, and all those masks. And he made sure, yep, to show you too, because he was like he was flexing on that counter. <laughs> uh, like, I once again, I, I love the Tommy part, the Tommy series of Friday yeah. the Thirteenth. Those are my mm-hmm. favorite. I kind of like that they did a thing, as you said. There's no Jason in this. It's just you know, that was a nice technically plot twist. no Jason. Yeah, it was a nice plot twist I found. Technically. And uh, whenever I see this, I just like the the dude with the chocolate bars. He's awesome, even though he's not long in this. <laughs> but I love him. Just forget it. Just forget it. Well, if that's the way you feel, forget it, Vic. Just forget it. But I think you're really out of line. He's I can give you half. <laughs> But I need half for later. He's awesome. And uh-huh. Also, well, this loses points for story and it gains uh points for pointless boobies. No boobies are pointless, but still. <laughs> it also gains points for uh the nice hatchet scene. See what I did there. Yep. I was gonna say yep. something else and now I completely forget it. Yeah. 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 Oh, the goddamn stew in the Don't whole wide world. Th- those two are amazing. Would you shut the fuck up? Would you shut the fuck up? Yeah, I kind of love her. Uh, she is. Um, she's a fucking character. Yeah. Holy shit. She kind of scares me a little bit. And then random dude that's in it just yeah. to die. He was cool, I guess. Yeah. Random just shows up to die. Dude. Oh, I like this movie. It's uh, just fun. Absolutely. It's 
It's fun. It's not a good movie, but it's fun. Oh. <laughs> okay, part three. Part three for me, I mean, aside from being in 3D, was also kind of not memorable because it sort of retreads. It felt like my memory of it is to, it's a lot of retread of two. And I didn't think it was, other than the 3D gimmick, nothing that really stood out to me. Well, it's the one where he finally gets his mask. Sure. Which is yeah. defining for the rest of the series. And whenever I think of just Friday the 13th in general, in, in just general, I think of that barn. That barn is just in my head. And the bikers, yeah. the bikers, the goddamn bikers. I was like, it's interesting that there was like a side story like that. You Which know, I'm with pretty the sure they added just because like, they needed more kills, right? That, that was a thing. Yeah. yeah, they absolutely did. I remember nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> wow. Okay. So number three is another one that was one of my like personal favorites. Obviously, it's my number two um, because it's the one I rented the most at the... Uh, at the uh you know at the blockbuster or whatever and i've seen it probably one of the most i've ever seen any movie uh it had shelly in it which i completely identified with him who was just you know this he thought he was ugly and a dork and he didn't have any friends and you know no self esteem but he played like these little pranks and stuff like that and he was just he was that character that i felt for and so, you know, I had an affection for it. It also has like some incredible kills. Like I will never forget uh, the girl getting the arrow to the eye and the dude getting his eye popped out. And uh, yeah. Oh, the stoner people too. Like there's just so many like weird sections of people in this. So it wasn't like it wasn't counselors like the first two. It was like just kids going to the lake and trying to like hook up. And, like, this is the first movie that did that, I guess, in the series, right? And it did the good old scene with, uh, oh, let's smoke weed. Oh, shit, cops. We need to get rid of all this evidence. Eat it all. Yeah, and they then, start eating you know. it. Like, And the one is <laughs> like, so stupid. They did some really stupid stuff, and the ending is just, I don't even, it was, yeah. Oh, also, when we went into the kills, the um, the girl in the hammock. And her boyfriend in the handstand, somebody just being like, those are just magnificent kills throughout the entire series. Um, and they all happen in part three. So if, if I was allowed to give anything an award, it would probably be like the most really awesome kills. Number one. My number one is part four, the final chapter. Bum, bum, bum. Part four. Bum, bum, bum. Well, my number one, taking the award for best Jason Bond movie. Hit to Noise and Cherries, it's part six, Jason Lives. And my number one is very obviously part one. Um, so let's talk about, I guess we talk about six first. Sure. Uh, I mean, six for me. I know it was the one that brought Jason back because they resurrect him or whatever at the beginning of the movie with Tommy, but I, it's weird. I love part four, but parts five and six just didn't make a lasting impression on me. And so 
outside of like bringing Jason back, I just don't have a ton of memory of part six. I mean, part six continues the saga of Tommy and uh, it, it does give a very flashing revival of Jason with thunderstorm and lightning, um, which you can tell coming from a mile away. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If had, if Tommy had just left, left him alone, we wouldn't have Jason back. Well, especially because Tommy in the previous movie starts off with having a dream about Jason in his grave, being not dead and coming back and killing things. You'd think he would like, well, maybe it's not a good idea to go there and dig him up. Yeah, maybe move away. Yeah. How about that, yes. Tommy? But yeah, for me, this was the most fun movie that I watched this time. Like the silly James Bond opening thing. Jesus Christ. Um, but it's the start of Zombie Jason. I always want to say Zombie Jesus for some reason. Uh, <laughs> which is the best Jason. Uh, he looks cool. The actor is not Kane Hunter, but I feel like he does really well betraying his Jason. Uh, the opening scene is just great. And it's one of the gifts I use most of the time is when he just picks up the thing and turns around. Lightning flashes. Just cool. And the rest of the movie is just fun. Like, I don't know. The dude with his uh, red dodge. <laughs> Wherever the red dot goes, you bang. The cops in this, is, <laughs> they're just hilarious. The best And then, lines. of course... And of course, Ever. dude with his, uh, and he's in the car with the daughter of the sheriff and like, get down, bam, his head. And you get the crotch shot twice or three times. Get it multiple times. He's just like, mm, okay. Oh. <laughs> it's just fun. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I also hit the noise and cherries. Come on. Uh, <laughs> the way he says that is just. <laughs> Quit clowning around. Well, I'm not the one with the red nose. I'm not the one with the funny <laughs> red nose. Yeah. Love those lines. Um, love uh, the the main chick. She's like super tough and strong, even though she's not technically the final girl because Tommy is. But she's, you know, she's just great. And um, the whole scene in the camper is just terrifying. Um, oh, I keep up till the end of the and song. How much is there? <laughs> oh, not 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 that part. I was no, talking about when they you. die. But yeah, I guess that can be terrifying too. But um, for a guy, it is. That one had there. There's some decent kills. Uh, there's. It's hard. This is the one that was on, uh, you know, like one of the basic channels and anytime there was like a horror movie playing on tv it was the edited version of this movie so i've seen it a ton of times and it stars tom matthews from return of the living dead fame of like the year before so uh, and return of the living dead too for some reason don't ask um you know so you know love him he's also adorable all the tommies are adorable let's just say that <sighs> But they, uh, this is this is what starts Zombie Jason. This starts a whole new section of of Friday the Thirteenth movies. Which, even though they continued the name, you know, you could say these are like the 
you know, when child's play changed to Chucky kind of thing. So this, these could just be Jason from like six and on and making the world, you know, kind of like teeter out of reality. Um, but it's a fun time, but it was lower on my list because, you know, it is part four. So part four, I mean, for me, it's just, you got your Crispin Glover and his insanity in dancing. You've got Corey Feldman as young Tommy, Mm -hmm. the best version of Tommy. Um, I just, I remember this one the most. Uh, I, I, it's, it's full of eighties cheese. It's silly. It's dumb. I just liked it. So for me, this is like the, at this point in my life anyway, this is like the definitive Friday the 13th movie outside of the original for me to watch. So that's why it ranked at number one for me. I just remember it and I enjoyed it. And if you asked me which one am I going to watch next or again, it's probably going to be either this one or like maybe watching Jason X again. It's hard to say, but like this is going to be high on that list. Yeah. We watch a pillar. Yeah. I mean, again, it is pretty much the definitive Friday the 13th. Um, You've got strong people uh, throughout the, the, the movie. You've got people standing up their own against Jason as much as they can. And then you have the intuitive Tommy. So I mean, fooling him and getting him in the end. Speaking of the end, it has one of the best uh, Jason getting killed scenes with the yeah. whole step head fall down and then slide down. I love that part. <laughs> That's you felt yeah. That. Oh yeah, it's it's visceral. Mm. Yeah, it's oh, definitely. It's, it's, okay. <laughs> uh, also, the kid is uh, like when he's sleeping and he gets to look out his window, get some free boobies. His reaction is just adorable. Okay. Yes, that was cute. <laughs> ah, and then his mom comes in and she's like, mm-hmm. she knows. She knows. Mm-hmm. Mom's not dumb. <laughs> but yeah, I do mom like obviously didn't real. care much. Although she just disappears. <laughs> mom disappears if you're not paying a good amount of attention. People to have movie. a habit of disappearing in this movie. Yes. Well, once again, I think it's because I watched the edited version so often as a kid that they just cut out the only tiny sliver of a scene where you see that she is kind of, I guess, attacked or whatever, or where she's in the rain and she just goes, mm-hmm. and that's it. Because if they cut that out, mom just comes home and then yeah. that's it. It's such a weird, weird scene. But it is, I would agree, it is absolutely the definitive. It, it was in my top... It would have been in my top five, but it's, you know, it's close. It's number six. Um, it's just a great movie. Crispin Glover's dancing. Oh. Yes. Like you said, just, just unparalleled, you know, um, the, the two kids that get killed in the water in the middle of like the party. That's another one of those great scenes for me. It's just very, you know, solitude shot kind of thing. And, uh, just yeah and that was supposed to be the end right i think that's the other part of it is like we'd had the first movie then we get part two which kind of retells things but it sets up jason sadly they rehash it with three for me i don't i don't get that but they're like all right let's wrap all this up let's make a final one and it made enough money they're like well i guess we can't stop now so we'll just keep making more of them 
And that for me is kind of where the series sort of starts its downhill is they, they went to the well too many times. But that's why, why five yeah. is actually nice that they did a one without Jason. They said, sure. well, we can do a sequel, yeah, but we just killed him off. How can we, well, just get someone inspired by Jason and get away with it? Mm-hmm. Which, well, yeah. And then they're like, how do we bring him back? Let's well, zombify yeah. him. <laughs> Strike <Right>. him with <laughs> lightning. <laughs> and, and, and like, like you said, you say they go downhill, but like in my mind, they just get friggin' crazier. Like as, as you go on, it's just like, really? Really? Zombie? Really? What? Telekinesis? Really? Manhattan? Seriously? In this economy? You know, like, and then, you know, he goes to hell and he gets out of that. Like, he can get out of any jam. Yeah, Let's he goes just to say space. That. Yeah. We forgot to say in number six, by the way, that there's that whole, like, army retreat people doing the paintball. Because that's a great... Oh, yeah. wait, <laughs> that's a great section of Did we forget to six. talk about Jason X? We did actually forget to talk about Jason X. Oh, my God. Because I'm like, wait... Monica's number one, and we were in the last part here. We didn't talk about Jason X. Let me check. We talked about every other one, yes. We just forget Jason X. Yes. Which is fine. The most fun one to talk about. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's just cover it real quick because it's, uh, I think it's in the middle of most of It's number three for me. Towards the top of (laughs) Faye's. Yeah, it's towards the top for Faye. Just because of the campiness. I love it. I think yeah. Jason X, they it's were they fun. were trying again, they were trying to do something same but different, mix it up. Go ahead, throw them in space. Why not? We've seen Hellraiser go to space and we've seen critters in space by now. Leprechaun. So <laughs> Leprechaun's gone to space. Shoot. Fuck it. Just put Jason in space. Set it in the far flung future. Have David Cronenberg be an idiot mm-hmm. and get some like frozen for five hundred years or whatever the hell it is. And and then just just kick out the jams. I remember, I remember when the like scripts leaked for the movie before it came out, and so I had read part of the script before the movie was ever made. None of, none of what I read, I I even remember being in it. Like they changed it by then. It's it's nuts. It go it just they tr- they go so hard with it. Like they just go for it, uh, which is why it is. It's fun. It's just you know. It is what it is. Uh, Uber Jason was such a awesome. silly idea. Like he's already a zombie, and you can't kill him. And now it's like, oh, and we're gonna put nanotechnology in and just make him more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. The android lady just kicking ass was just fucking fantastic. Yeah. Sorry, oh. this is the movie that brings uh, our kids, yeah. which yeah. is just yeah. freaks out, and I just want to punch in the. <laughs> junk because just like jesus christ you just killed like well you didn't kill everybody but you killed yourself and you left most people for dead um but it's okay guys it's a machete machete (laughs) take it dude shit you can have it you want your machete back shit it's yours take it (laughs) just remember who saved it for you Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Look, this movie is just pure fun. Idiot. Yep. Nah, that's t- she even says, 
like but it and it's 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 all about like self-referential because they have a sit-down meeting where she says that they need to contain it that thing needs to be somewhere else it's it killed everybody they all like all they thought about was money and they didn't realize how dangerous it was the exact next scene is him saying it's a valuable artifact it should be protected mm. what, yeah. what 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 <laughs> exactly he wakes up immediately as the kids are having mm-hmm. sex also and and the girl that he kills in the lab with oh, the cryogenic freezing is probably number one kill of it, all time. Yes, that is for me. That is the top kill of freezing her face and then smashing it into the. And yeah, like that's the most memorable one for me. I think second also, second oh, is uh, sleeping bag to the tree. Yes. Oh, yeah, God. I love the sleeping bags. <laughs> and speaking of uh, one liners, Faye, you know, you remember, huh? He gets crude. Yeah. And there's a lot of one-liners in that. <laughs> that. That's amazing. The moment you see that giant screw in the beginning of the movie, you're like, hmm? And then they do it, oh, and yeah. you just see him. <laughs> yep. It's going to take more than a poke in the ribs yeah. to take down this do old dog. Because <laughs> he does yep. one more poke. And Jason's like, okay, bye. <laughs> Yeah, and that was that. That's the thing that makes this one memorable for me. Uh, was you got obviously Kane Hodder, uh, the second best uh, Jason for Kane Hodder was Jason X. Just for me, like I think in Jason Takes Manhattan, he was kind of peak, but he's he's really good in this. But you got David Cronenberg showing up, and Peter Mensa as Sergeant uh, Brodsky. He's awesome. I love just this dude. So Peter Peter Mensa is great. And to have him in here and that whole, it's going to take more than that to defeat this old dog. And then immediately that'll do it like that. Again, they're just having fun. They just, just, they went so hard with it and I got to tip my hat to him for that. Yep. Oh, so I think it might have the highest body count because of smashing into that space station. station. It's fine. We'll just go back. Jason caused the crash. Whoops. Like and and Dred pointed this out. There should really be a fail safe that that never can happen. Yeah, if you're gonna build a city space the station same? in space, uh, I feel like you should have some protection. Something. You know, like yeah, I don't know that and the mask falling uh, down. So Crystal Lake at the yes. end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go check Ooh. it out. Literally, yeah. right at the end. I would have liked to see something in that world, by the way, like a sequel there. I don't think it would have been good, but I would have <laughs> liked to see it. Um, so, yeah, so we end uh, talking about part one, which is what this episode is about. So maybe we should just save what we're going to talk about part one. But let me suffice it to say that it was uh, my number one. <laughs> and now for tonight's feature presentation. So I keep having this dream. I'm in a thunderstorm and it's raining really hard. And the rain sounds like rain. And there's this guy with knives for fingers chasing. You know, you really shouldn't watch Wolverine before going to bed. Actually, you just shouldn't watch Wolverine ever. So do you know anything about this camp we're going to? Camp Blood? I heard that it's a lovely place this time of year. Is it really called Camp Blood? That sounds ominous. 
Yeah, it used to be called Camp Crystal Lake, but a team of scientists analyzed the water and didn't find any traces of crystal, so they changed the name. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Well, wait, so they did find blood? Well, yeah, that's to be expected, what with all the killings and everything. Killings? Yeah. Yeah, legend has it that a boy named Jason stalks the grounds. He looks for anyone uh, to kill anyone who sets foot in the camp. Are you sure it's safe for us to go? Sure, don't worry about it. He only does his killings on Friday the 13th. So luckily, we're not going to get there until... Um, uh-oh. Oh, oh shit. shit. Nothing incites the feeling of dread for camp, much like Friday the 13th one of the earliest 80s slasher films. And much like Psycho, an ending that no one could see coming. I sometimes wonder if there are any real solid surprises left in movies. And, well, this was my number one pick on the list. Um, but, you know, Travis, tell me what you think about Friday the 13th. Well, it was my number two pick on the list. And of the films, I think it's the possibly the best one. Um, there's a reason that it's number two for me is that it, again, it's, it created the mold. It set the stage for a lot of what was going on. You know, it, the, the story behind it is that basically producers saw Halloween and was like, Hey, Halloween's really cool. We should rip that off and make, make our own version of it. And so they kind of did. Um, is it perfect? No, but it was 1980. It's the low-budget slasher. It started an entire franchise. It had a great twist to it that uh, that I thought was really cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it you know had a young Kevin Bacon. Um, and it has phenomenal uh, effects work from uh, our, uh, our wonderful Tom Savini. Um, so it's, it's good. It, it, it holds up too. watching it again. Now the, the transfer that I saw on Amazon was really high quality. Um, so that helps, but it look it still looks good. It's tense. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it spawned a series for a reason. It is still a good movie. Uh, it, it scores low on my list, but not because it's a bad movie. Um, I, I mean, the, the kills were cool. Um, the, the movie sets you up to think that it's the that one person is the killer when really it isn't. So that twist is kind of a cool thing. And setting it up that uh, mom's the killer is pretty cool. I mean, it's definitely something that you don't normally see for horror movies, especially at the time. Oh, on my list, it was number three. Could have easily been number two or even number one. Uh I enjoyed this movie. I've seen this movie uh, plenty of times. And I just rewatched it the other day and I could watch it again tomorrow. Uh, it's just fun. Like it aged well to me. That's that's the big. Um, what do you call, you call it? Surprise, I guess. Uh, to me that how well it aged. Like when we did the Halloween episode, I was quite negative about the original Halloween and I said meh slow I got bored uh, this movie I've seen more than Halloween and I didn't get bored so it's not like I get you know bored of it by watching it too many times but this just aged better for me personally I'm not gonna say anything about uh, other people's taste 
Um, so yeah, it's just fun. And the, the ending is a complete surprise if you hadn't seen it yet. Uh, which, kudos. <laughs> or well, yes, live in society. And haven't seen Scream. <laughs> they spoil right. that yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So part one is... Part one is the Friday the 13th that I saw probably... Well, not obviously the latest because some of them came out way later. But, um, well, later than most of the ones in the middle. Uh, so I knew about, you know, Jason. I knew that the the mom was the killer and whatnot. So that wasn't a surprise to me. Um, but I remember I was watching it for... And I'm almost damn near positive of this, but it was... Uh, Joe Bob was hosting... And he was doing like a little marathon for Friday the 13th and got to watch one. And I was like, hey, that was pretty good. But over the years and as I've gotten older, this movie has just gotten, I don't know, just better in my mind. And especially this last watching, just like the way that it's filmed, the characters. The characters is a big thing, indeed. It's it's damn it's damn near perfect for me. It's like so close to being like my perfect horror movie. What probably I would say maybe Psycho would be more of a of a perfect mm-hmm. movie, but it has you know, it's the whole backwards psycho thing, right? So it's not him being the you know turning out that he's pretending to be the or not pretending, but like thinks he's the mom. It's that it's well, you mentioned mom. Psycho, and but there's another similarity because you start with one girl who, in these kind of movies, the first girl you see is either the one that gets killed in the pre-movie. Exactly. But then the second one you see in the actual movie, it's like, that's our final girl. It's, that's mm-hmm. how movies are. And as in Psycho, she gets killed halfway through the movie or earlier. Mm-hmm. It's same thing. Well, she yeah. gets picked up bam, and gone. So that's kind of a similarity to mm-hmm. Psycho also. Like when we did Halloween and I talked about how 78 Halloween is one of my favorite slasher movies and it and how well it held up. This holds up really, really well for a lot of the same reasons, which was they made it interesting to watch and look at the way that they shot it. It's funny because when you realize that Sean Carpenter was a very young filmmaker still at the time and all he had really done prior to this was these adult films that he and Wes Craven had worked on and he makes this movie. And it was kind of that same thing where it's like, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. So he just, he just went out there and did it. And it's this very like Halloween, this very low budget and just figuring it out. You know, Halloween famously had like three different people that were in the the mask uh, or playing the part of Michael Myers at certain points and like setting up for that, that opening shot, uh, that opening tracking shot in Halloween, how they, would clean up exactly what you were going to see on camera and nothing else. Cause they didn't have the time or the money to do it. They were doing stuff like that on this movie. It was, uh, it was not Tom Savini, but it's his, um, his assistant is like half of the background roles. Like the, the ver the, the killer that's driving the Jeep that picks up what's her name in the beginning of the movie. That was Tasso, uh, driving the Jeep, the prosthetic of Mrs. Voorhees at the end that dies that gets the head cut off. That was him wearing the prosthetic on his shoulders, like hunched over, which is why if you ever watch 
the shot where she gets decapitated in slow-mo you see his hands yeah. his hairy knuckles the hands because it's a, it's a guy's oh, hands yeah. it's not uh especially seeing better versions no. of the movie like it just gets it's clearer clearly clearer not Palmer's like, hands at that point like yep but i love all of that that they did and like there's a cool story uh, of of Tom Savini and Tasso leaving. They were done. They had, they had wrapped their parts of it. They were on their way out, and they came across. They were filming the final fight with Betsy Palmer and um, the girl that played Annie. And they stopped to watch what was going on, and they realized how poorly it was being done because they didn't have like a stunt coordinator working on the fight, and like neither one of them. So they ended up jumping in and like helping to choreograph that fight and make it better because they're both uh, choreographers and like have, you know, fighting backgrounds from and on film. So it's like stuff like that that just makes, and, and that helps this to age better. Cause I think that last fight is great where, you know, you got the, the boat or getting broken in half and then used as a weapon and like Betsy Palmer grabbing the, the one girl's head and like slamming it into the sand over and over. Like it's a brutal fighting technique that I think, makes that scene more memorable so it's like stuff like that i really enjoy there's and there's so much about like the the production of this movie that's just so cool like sean cunningham basically had the name yeah of the movie didn't even have a story and they put like a publication in variety or something like that just like saying the movie before they had a script and you know it was like they created a, a buzz which is actually like a great idea because that is such a wonderful name because Friday the 13th was a thing before this movie, but being people that were born after, like when I grew up, I thought that it was unlucky because that's what the movies were named until I, you know, actually did research and looked up, you know? Yeah. And, and the funny thing is like, you can kind of tell that they came up with the title and then made a movie around that because it has almost zero to do. Like there's a single mention of Friday the 13th as a throwaway line by Steve when he's in the Jeep with the cop or the car with the cop where they're like, yeah, it's a full moon and it's Friday the 13th. That's it. That's the only tie we have to that holiday. It's not like a big thing that people made. Like none of the characters are talking about it. It's not a huge deal. They just threw that in there. Well, I mean, Mrs. Voorhees does. That's Jason's birthday. That's at the very, very end of it. But the the fact that it's the the yeah. fact that it's his birthday. Also on the radio in the beginning. On the radio in the beginning, the person on the radio is just like, oh, it's Friday the thirteenth, so stay away from cats or yeah. something like that. Like I love that beginning. And that that's all filmed in New Jersey too, which is one of my most like proudest things is that it's there. And yet still I have not visited the camp or the little town. And they're only like an hour and a half away from me. But, like, I I have to go do it. Like, it would be cool if you guys could come visit and then we could all do, like, a trip like that or something. Because they, I'm not sure if they still do it because COVID times and whatnot. But they used to do, like, tours through the camp and stuff. And they used to have, like, paraphernalia around and, you know, try to make it spooky for For people. It would be amazing. I also, I, I love how, again, we, we mentioned Kevin Bacon, but, like, this is one of his earlier film roles. And... Delicious Kevin Bacon. Hot. Steve Christie in the movie, who we get introduced to in a nice little pair of uh, cutoff jean shorts and no shirt, yeah. uh, is played <laughs> by Peter Brower. And I love the story of Peter Brower got cast because he was the husband of Sean Cunningham's uh, assistant. 
And basically Sean was like, if I didn't hire, if I didn't cast him, she would have quit. So there we go. Uh, but also uh, Bill in the movie is played by Harry Crosby, the son of Bing Crosby. Like the son of Bing Crosby is in a horror, a low budget horror film. I love that for me is just a, mm-hmm. a great little piece of trivia, but like hearing yeah. the stories, how all the, all the actors and everybody involved in it were come from like Broadway background or like they're not, it's, yeah, all yeah, New they're all New York kids. theater kids and they get cast in this tiny little movie thinking, eh, no one's ever going to see it, but I'll get paid for it. And it's a credit. And then it blew up. And you know, Friday the 13th, oh, yeah. it, this, this series is sort of the saw series of the eighties in a lot of ways, because they were putting out movies. They did from 1980 until 1980. When was part? No, part Nine. seven. 89. Okay, so in nine years, they made seven movies. 80s. Well, one through eight are all in the 80s. So like eight is Okay, so eight movies in nine years. I mean... Exactly. They were putting out one a year except 1980. I think it's 85 as they skipped. What year did they miss? 85. No. I think. No, not 85. Maybe, but either way. 84, 5, and 6. Are, they did yeah. eight movies yeah, in nine he, years. Yeah. So not it, was, point, it yeah. was the type of thing where they were just pumping yeah. them out. But this is what started it. Um, and it's got those memorable. I mean, the kills in it are memorable. And that was the thing. So I mentioned how like the, the line was, oh, Halloween was great. Let's rip that off. And they did. But they, they took the kind of the momentum that Halloween had. And instead of making a movie like Halloween, which, again, was was very much made of uh, made as a, we don't want it to be bloody, but we want it to be a horror movie. And they went in the other direction with this, which is no, let's make it bloody. Let's have kills. Let's have stuff on screen. They bring in Tom Savini Mm -hmm. and that stuff was great. I love like the, the arrow through the neck was a great one. And the story of that whole scene, because they only got one shot at that. Like if they screw that up, that prosthetic Mm -hmm. is ruined. And they had a, uh, a big like fire extinguisher that you had to hand pump. And that's what they were using to push the blood through it. Yeah. And the hose popped off. So he had to like physically blow the hose mm-hmm. to get the blood to spurt out. And they had friggin' uh, what was it? They had uh, like photo developer was part of their fake blood. Their fake blood was made of caro syrup mm-hmm. and red food coloring and Kodak photo developer. So he, he's sitting here blowing this hose and he's getting this stuff in his mouth. And immediately he's like, I ran out to the lake and I just started like washing my mouth out with that stuff. Harry Crosby mm-hmm. went blind for That's six crazy. months because of the, the patch they had over his eye that had the arrow sticking out of it. The fake blood got behind that. Mm-hmm. And it had that same chemical in it. And so when they pulled the prosthetic off, his eye started burning. They went to the hospital and they did like the, the flashlight test. And he said, yeah, I couldn't see the light at all. He was blind for six months. It cleared up and he was okay. But then you see like, as you're watching interviews with Tasso and, and Tom Savini, they're like, yeah, yeah. So we don't, we don't use that anymore. Like the, the stuff nowadays is fine, but we didn't know, like we had no idea that, that it would be that bad back then. They just, that's what they use. That was what, what made the best looking color and consistency of fake blood. So you just went with it. The, but like the prosthetics, the, the stuff on Annie's neck when, cause she's the first one to die when she gets her neck sliced in front of the tree looks so good. Even now you can tell there's a little bit of a color mismatch between her face and her neck, but you got to really be paying attention to see that. Like it just looks, that's looks also great. thanks to HD nowadays. Right. Back that's then, the other part. 
but just all of them. So good. This movie made me scared of camp. The way that uh, Jaws made me scared of, well, water, sharks, uh, other human beings leaving the beaches open for other people to die because they're horrible people grubbing money. Um, so I actually, when I did go to camp for one summer, uh, <laughs> I was terrified that Jason was going to come get me when I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Which was the most terrifying time. And there was a tiny lake that I did not want to swim in. But. Yeah. yeah. And it was in New Jersey, so think about that. You know, just <laughs> as long as you don't just have saying. sex, you know, it'll be fine. Plus, you were you were one of the, the, the uh, children there, not one of the camp counselors. So you were fine. Yeah. That is true. You're right. I You'd might have, have lived. Fine. I might have. Yeah, but <sighs> all overall, this movie um, still great, and everyone should definitely watch it. I'm gonna assume everyone who will listen to this has seen this movie. Jesus, you better have it's seen this. It's mandatory movie. viewing. We did our personal rankings lists and everything like that, but we decided to combine our scores, or put together our scores and basically create what I'm going to call the gore score for all the Friday the 13th movies. So it's basically just, you know, basically if we averaged amount. So for the entire show, number, number 12 would be the reboot or the remake, whatever you want to call it. Definitely didn't reboot. As it should be in a pile of trash. Mm -hmm. Number 11 is Friday the 13th, part nine. Jason goes to hell. Number 10, Friday the 13th, part eight. Jason takes Manhattan. Number nine, Friday the 13th, part two. That's just what it's called. Number eight, Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives. Number seven, Freddy versus Jason. Number six, Jason X. Number five is Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood. Number four is Friday the 13th, part three, 3D or whatever the hell. Number three is part five, a new beginning. Number two is part one. And number one, with an overwhelming score, is Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. As it should be. Woohoo! Not too bad. No matter what happens, give or take, that's the gore score. I'm going to say Kevin Bacon and his girlfriend were probably my favorite, uh, my favorite in this. They, uh, I don't know, they just seemed so cute together. They did. Like, yeah, they really they liked great each chemistry. other. I mean, I appreciated everyone else, but they were like basically the the only real yeah. couple. Like everyone else was kind of like singles and playing strip monopoly. Nothing and wrong with that. Oh, did anybody look up the body count? I forgot to do that. Um, One, can we two, look that up easy? Does that? It's not a lot, right? Nine. It's Annie. Not a lot. She nine. Says. Uh, Steve. All the kids. 
Uh, eight actually. So you got Marcy and Jack, you got Annie, you got Bill, Ned, Brenda, Steve, and then Mrs. Voorhees. Oh yeah. I guess she does count. She died. Right? And, and um, also Barry and Claudette in the beginning, the two counselors that die in the, the open. Oh yeah. So we count that so one, two, in the same movie, even if it's a uh, 10 so body yeah. count 10. Not bad. Not bad. Mm. Also, best character in this is Crazy Ralph. A dead curse. Okay. Can we talk about Crazy Ralph for a Walt second? Gorney is Crazy Ralph. We need more Crazy Ralphs in movies. You know, the wise old person that no one listens to. Okay, wise, but crazy <laughs> wise. old person mm. that no one listens to. <laughs> Honestly, like, and and... I just, I feel like this character shifted. You don't see as many like crazy people, but I guess like another thing that's similar to that of like someone who gives you information is kind of like the Randy from scream now. So like the hyper intelligent horror movie fan, but in a different way, it's not like the crazy old man, but he is like, I know I felt like you would appreciate him, Travis. Cause he's like a really great character actor. Even though I don't remember any other he's movie he's ever been only in. got like 13 credits. He he did this, part two. Uh, he had a small role in Trading Places, which I do love that movie. So that was fun. Uh, but yeah, he's not not in a whole lot. But I liked I liked his character in this movie. He's silly. He, uh, and then he shows up again in the sequel, which is part of why I like the sequel. So... Yeah, he's just there to warn everybody. He, he's just a crazy dude to warn everybody and then ride off on his bicycle. And actually, some of the actors, or one of the actresses in particular, she was actually like freaked out by him because she thought he was actually crazy. Maybe uh, he was. Which, I don't know. I think that shows... Yeah, he probably was. But, you know, like... I loved it. Uh, I'm sure he wasn't when he actually popped crazy. I right in the... What is, how do you call it? A pantry or... In and the pantry. I wish, yes. I wish this is one of my favorite later parts. in the movie, they reopen that door and go in and say, I wish he was in there again. That would have been hilarious. Just like, <laughs> oh. like crazy Ralph, we can't get you out of this pantry. But every time I've seen that movie and he leaves after warning them and stuff, and then like he goes and they walk out the door and they're staring at him and he just gets on his little bike. He's like, you're all doomed. And then gets on his bicycle. And there's just nothing funnier mm-hmm. than that. Like, th- because it's like, you're all doomed. And then bicycle. There's just nothing like, I can't take you seriously anymore. So it just made me laugh, sure. especially when I was a kid. But even now, like him riding that bicycle is just great. Oh, yeah. Um, crazy Ralph. We need more people like that. Throughout the series, there are other crazy people, um, but none none that I probably have that great of an affection for is with him. But you know what it's time for? The 13. The 13 is a specially cultivated list of tropes or our favorite things from horror movies. This list may change or be adjusted as time goes on and in real time because this is real life and it's not Friday the 13th, right? Number one, <laughs> kitty cat thrown for extra points. There's a dog, but no cat. No cat. 
There's a yes. dog? She says hi to a dog in the beginning. Huh. Talks to the dog at the gas station. <laughs> He's a good boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that counts. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Wasn't that too? But yeah, there's a dog in the beginning. But, you know. God, that town in New Jersey looks so beautiful back in 1982. 1980 also. Um, <laughs> number two, Volkswagen. Not in this one. No. This no, is one just, of the just, few that does There's a couple of Jeeps. Yeah. Jeeps. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're starting to see a pattern with Jeeps and people who drive Jeeps. What are you trying hmm. to say? Shush. That two of the people. Have good taste in, in vehicles. This show drive jeeps. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hey, you know what I just realized? You both drive jeeps. I drive a Volkswagen, and Dred drive drives my like the cousin of Volkswagen. Yeah, but you drive like the cousin of Volkswagen, the uh, yep. the Audi, right? So mm-hmm. it's basically like a Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. They look the, the same. same. A little bit. It's nicer, the same brand. Global brand. Not global. Parent. Whatever. It seems like more higher end. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> Number three. Scary location. Time of the year. Summer camp. Yeah. Summer uh, camp. Also, it is not only is it a summer camp, but it is Friday the 13th. It is. It is? And it's not only is it a summer camp, it is the summer camp. It is. Camp Crystal Lake. It is the like progenitor of a lot of that in movies. This was the one that did it. And putting it around Friday the 13th. So definitely, definitely, definitely. Number four, meta humor, fourth wall breaks, mentioning the title. I think because it's a holiday, the title is mentioned. Yeah. Friday the 13th gets mentioned. It's not, there's no meta humor. No. Uh, fourth wall breaks? No. No. I mean, like, because of the POV, sometimes the people are looking at the camera, but no. They're actually just talking to the killer. Um, which is yeah. fun. Um, which you never get again. Well, because, you know, you get to see Jason throughout the rest well, of the series. Two. So you never get that. We don't know the two killer. Two has a lot of that early on. I like that. Yeah. Um. But eventually you see the sack. <laughs> Giggity. Archetype characters. Crazy, Crazy Ralph from screen. <laughs> <laughs> I even wrote it right. <laughs> I didn't know there was a Ralph in screen. Weird. <laughs> Archetype characters. Crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th. I don't think I need to read the rest of this. Uh, yes, you do. Here it is. It's where yes, we started. You do. Mm-hmm. Why? Just because I don't know. Okay. Crazy rough from Scream. Rant. <laughs> That's why yet. Yeah. Got her. I really hate you. Did we? Whoa. Did we tick the box? Yes, we did. We got our crazy Ralph. You're going to camp blood, ain't you? And did this movie create it? Well, kind of. Yeah. I mean. I will say <laughs> Crazy Ralph in Friday the 13th is not the first instance of like a weird character that is uh, que- of questionable uh, merit warning mm-hmm. our our heroes. But when you think about that in a movie, 
you think about Crazy Ralph riding his bike. Riding his bike. And also, like, eventually, if we get to a movie that is much older and we find a character we think is the Crazy Ralph and we decide anything, we can always decide because we haven't seen every horror movie ever. It's true. And a, a lot of this movie is directly inspired by, you know, so many things like Psycho and sure. uh, Halloween. Halloween and yep. a bunch of like, you know, Jalo movies and whatnot. So number six, pointless boobies, weird wings, moonies. We got boobies. Lots of boobies. Good boobies. Were there a lot of boobies though? I feel like there were a lot of boobies. It got it got to be there was more nudity as the series went on. Yeah. Um, but there were boobies. There was like, yeah. There was just but just um I keep wanting to call her Marnie, which is funny. Marcy. Um Marcy. Yeah, because everyone else was just wearing like a bra. Kevin Bacon was shirtless. Uh that's not naked, but um I wanted to point it out. It's and fine. I did. Number seven, telling, retelling the legend and or establishing the movie's rules, breaking Randy's rules. Um, uh, yeah. Kind uh, of in the fact that this sort of created that, right? They really did it more in the sequels because yeah. in the sequel, they tell the legend of what happened in this movie. And then in the sequel to that, they tell the legend of what happened in this movie and the second one and so on and so forth ad infinitum. Yeah. They do tell the legend of the kid drowning and the kids being murdered and stuff, but I don't know. But that technically that would be the beginning of the legend. Just, you know. Yeah. I mean, they, but they do, they tell the legend of what happened at that (laughs) camp prior. Camp blood, that curse. So yeah, uh, I would say oh. that uh, it definitely does. Yep. Um, also, I found this out during this watching and looking up stuff, but like the um, in the beginning when Annie's in the truck, the truck driver says, Steve Christie must have spent $25,000, you know, fixing that camp up. And then I found out that that's exactly how much they rented that camp for, for the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's such a cute little thing in the movie. I don't know why, but it is. I think that's cute. A nice little nod. Yeah. You're an American original. Number eight, bad dance sequence, weird montage sequence, or good, whatever. Uh, Swimming in the lake. Yeah, a little bit of that when the kids are just having fun prior to kind of the first kill. Um, so it's in, there's, a, there's a montage in there. And the bad scene dance sequence was in the sequels. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's literally, by the way, part four created that on this list for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, number nine. Someone does stupid shit or that scared the shit out of me, whichever applies or just name your favorite trope, whatever. Kind of. I mean, there's not a lot of really stupid shit in this one. Like, it's not egregiously stupid like you get in the subsequent movies. 
happening. Really, it's the, oh, there's a noise. I got to go figure out what it is. Or, oh, there's a strange person up there in the dark. I'm going to go talk to them and settle this myself without getting help, even though I've been told there's been killer. Well, mm -hmm. one could say going camping is stupid. <laughs> yes. You're agreed. not wrong. Write that on the list. Um, but one thing um, that always I find amusing in this is they arrive at the camp. You meet the the boss dude in his shorts and chopping his wood. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and the first thing he does is, well, I'm taking off now and uh, bye. Like, I feel if you have new people coming in, you should probably stay and, you know, be a boss. But I mean, he's yes, like gone the entire day. Yeah, part of that was that the idea behind the story in this was that it had to take place. It had to put the kids in peril and there had to be no adults that could help them. Yeah. So he's got stuff he's got to do. The kids show up there. It's like, you all know what you need to do. Here's the person that's been helping me. She'll help. She'll make sure you do what is needed. I got to go take care of this stuff. Now they're stuck out there. The kids are out at the camp by themselves. There are no, uh, there's, there's no adults available. They don't have a phone cause it's not hooked up yet or the line gets cut or whatever it is. And now they're stuck out there even after the cop shows up and then leaves. Oh, that cop, by the way, <laughs> worst driver of a motorcycle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that actor had never ridden a motorcycle before. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Not off road. Did you hear the story? Like he actually like almost it like almost fell on him, or it did fall on him at some point. So like he <laughs> yeah, didn't know what the hell he was doing. He like admitted it in an, in an interview thing. But I like how they kept that in. They didn't like replace it or. He did. He's like, he's like, uh, very serious. I'm out. I have stuff to do. And then he's just like, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, everyone on bikes in this movie. <laughs> everyone on bikes, just not taken seriously. Yeah. Hey, maybe it was choice, right? No. Um, let's see. Uh, Faye said the checking out suspicious noise. I was also going to say that because yes, that one guy, everyone shut up. Like, don't, what are you doing? Uh, and definitely not alone. Right. Also, going to the archery range, like, ever, but also, like, in the rain, in my long, way too long nightgown. Like, yeah. You're like, Look, it's, what? It's an 80s slasher movie. People did stupid shit. That's just, that's how it goes. But we're listing them. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was the, um, oh, Dread, did you want to say your, uh, your life preserver one? Oh, every good. single time I see this, I'm just so that one dude pretends to be drowning, so they're saving him, and they bring him to the what do you call that? It's not a pier; it's a dock. Dock, and he's they're like near the dock. They're like they're there, and then that one girl, she just throws in the the life preserver, the round thingy. That yeah. you throw at people drowning, but yeah, the she just throws it and immediately takes it back because they're already there. So that's like typically <laughs> the script probably says, now you throw this, but its timing was it completely <laughs> off. <laughs> and every time I just, Jesus. every yeah. time. That, uh, I love that pointing that out. That whole scene is pretty funny though. And they're all just hanging out. I love that. I love All that. The views from it's the just, lake. 
just gorgeous looking into the forest. And it's almost like looking into the darkness where like you can't see anything. So something could be watching you and you like can only feel it. You know, that thing where you can feel when someone's staring at you. And so, you know, of course she's watching and they can feel it. And I, I like just that's gives me creeps, creepities. Well, the killer is watching, I should say. Number 10, solitude shots. I mean, there's a good number of shots that are just like make you feel alone. When she's hiding in the end, she's hiding in that one thing, holding, she's locking the door and then holding the doorknob anyway. Yeah. Yeah, or the shot of the the boat out in the middle of the lake. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is like ultimate solitude moment. Except, you know, the cop is on the shore, but still like she's so far away. And and just the the thing about being in the forest, being at the camp and whatnot, it's just it's just something that always makes you feel alone. I mean, I know there's other people around, but you know, getting lost in the woods and being away from home and being somewhere unfamiliar and whatnot. Jeez. Camp is just scary. The forest is scary. There's trees that hide everything. Number 11. Scary score or spooky soundtrack? Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Duh. <laughs> this fucking soundtrack Again, is much- just... Yeah, much like Halloween, it's taken to a different level with the music that they put in there. And in this one, especially where they didn't put music in. Because if you notice, there's long stretches of this movie with no music. And it's it's usually only when your killer is involved in some way that there's music being played. So I love that. Yeah. And the the creation of our favorite sound, Dread. Just which after all these years I know what it says I still can't hear it I can't hear it yeah. that's what happens when you run something through the echoplex you can't it's hear the just, k- and the ma especially the ma I can't hear it all I, it's the first syllables though I know k- but I ma. can't hear it I that's still hear, I hear. and ha 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 well, not ha ha ha, but you know what I mean. Can't. God, so good. Just so, like, yes. music. Friggin' Halloween, in a second you can guess it. You know, Jaws, in a second you guess it. Like, this Psycho, mm-hmm. and there's some, once again, when I said, when we when we did Psycho, there's so much, like, Psycho-sounding stuff in the, in the theme. It's really, yep. you know, in the actual, like, music, music part. Um just yeah so i love this score soundtrack whatever we'll score everybody you're all Mm -hmm. loving we agree i'm loving it agreed number 12 final girl used in a positive way absolutely and it created the created it yeah i don't know killing a healthy they they probably didn't create it but they definitely made one of the best or and not necessarily alice and i guess i can go into other movies too but like just alice is a great one she's Mm -hmm. 
strong and independent and a fighter and just, you know, she didn't, she didn't like, you know, cry or cower and whatnot. So it was, it was something seeing that as a young woman, she is very powerful. You know, people always want to say things about horror movies and how like, oh, but the women are always naked and, and they get killed and it's horrible to women. And it's just like, I grew up thinking that I could do this, that I'd survive, you know, that I'd be the strong one. And, you know, these movies affected me a lot as a kid, you know, in a very, very positive way. And so I always think fondly on, well, some of the later ones probably more because of this I saw later, but still, great final girl. Number 13, the Savini scale of gore. It's not the quantity of gore, it's the quality of gore, special effects and monsters. So how many... Stabby stabs is fine in this... Uh... Stabby stabs fine. is fine. Yeah. No. So how many... Out of 10. Even with the way I hear it, you don't say mama. Because I'm not a fucking recording. That's just how I can say it. I can't make it sound... Whatever. How many How many things, Travis? 10 out of 10. This is great. Yeah, it's Savini doing what he does, and he he's the master of it for a reason. And given the budget that they had, that it looks great. I would just love all of it. The, the effects work, the makeup work, the gore work is so good throughout. Nice. Agreed. 10 out of 10. Well, now I feel pressured to say 10 out of 10. I mean, if you honestly no. didn't think this is Savini's this is best work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, his best I mean, work. He... We'll see in the future if we see more of his work. But yeah, it's great. So 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 what? Stabby stabs. Okay, fine. What? I was waiting Wait. for you to do the thing. That's fine. What? 10 out of 10. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, I also give it a 10 out of 10 because it literally is Savini and he is the scale for which we measure everything because of most of these movies. He's just, I love him. You know? I gotta say, I was hesitant to pull nine nine and a half because of the you know throat stabbing thing that went wrong but in the end you also have to say it went wrong but they fixed it quickly by quick thinking and still made it look good in the end it arguably looks looks better better because of it yeah Mm -hmm. well the squirting of the blood wasn't there's a small delay because obviously it didn't come when it had to come (laughs) giggity um so that's like the only I mean, blemish you could say. But I'm going to say well done for having a one-shot opportunity there. Quick <laughs> thinking, fixing it, making it still look awesome. Oh, and, I understand. and the axe. The thing with Magic? the axe, just learning that like you don't actually see it go in. You just hear it hit the light Stomp. and then come back and it's in her face and stuff. And it's yeah. just... I never noticed that till I really paid attention, you know? I mean, later on in movies, they obviously learn how to actually show you it happening and, and whatnot, but it was just beautiful. Very beautiful. 
And that'll wrap up the 13 for this godforsakenly long episode. Um, uh, anybody have any final words about Friday the 13th before we roll on? It's iconic for a reason. Go watch it. Yep. If you haven't watched it, <laughs> like, if you have, even, watch it again. Even if you have watched it, if you've watched it, watch it again. You'd yeah. be surprised how well this movie holds up for being 40 plus years old. I at least watch it once a year. If not more, depending on how many Friday the 13th there are. As per our last episode, we're going to play a clip of the next movie that we will do. And um, kind of uh, have you guess, although this movie, I feel like you might not be able to guess very easily. So I'm actually wondering if I should just tell you the name of the movie now or if maybe I just tell you on Twitter in a Hush, week. Monica, hush. Oh, sorry. Play the clip then. You cannot run him on that leg. I cannot run him on that leg. Crossbow, but that has to be a perfect shot in the heart or in the brain. Heart or the brain. Anything else is not going to cut it. Won't cut it. And that's a long distance weapon. That's a long distance weapon. It's pretty much useless indoors. It's It's really tough up close, and you'd have to be up close to land a kill shot. He'll be moving. Can't even figure out how to load the damn thing. Uh, Yeah. Also, we're still working on the Patreon. We said we were going to launch it. Hopefully it'll be launched by the time this episode comes out. So I'm actually going to give you what the Patreon or the patron page is, which is shit. Yes, we actually bought the domain. It's shit. shit. (laughs) Hold on. I got to just grab my list. Hold on. (laughs) Garble. Uh, It is. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gore 13 yes i couldn't remember that shut up um yeah and we'll get that up and running soon life has just been life um no emails this week um but you can email the show at gorepodcast 13 at gmail.com or tweet at us at gorepodcast yeah um, let us remember- know how bad we are at listening to Yes. And remember, a week from, well, if you're listening to this on the Friday that it came out, a week from that Friday, we're going to release some gifts onto the Twitter of the movie that we will be covering. And that should be more clues. And if anyone really can't guess it, I will, you know, you can DM the Twitter and I'll just let you know because I, you know, it might be too hard. Um, But until then, Travis, where can people find you? Uh, easiest place to find me is on Twitter at TV's Travis uh, or TV's Travis.com where I have uh, other, the other 47 shows a week that I do. <laughs> I think I got less than the last time. I don't know. It varies. Faye, where can people find you? On Twitter uh, at Chibi Faye Lynn. Uh, we'll see you there. And Finally, Dreadly, tell people how they can travel to the bowels of hell to find you. Well, you can find my bowels of hell uh, on a <laughs> webpage, the dreadzone.com, where you'll find links to my Twitch and Twitter and all that shit, including a store. Buy stuff. And Monica, where can people find you? Well, if you want to find me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at WickedKitten13. 
Um, I do a Heroes of the Storm podcast called Q for Fun. I do a Hearthstone podcast called Hearth Casual. And I work on a podcaster competition show called America's Next Top Podcaster. And you can find all of those. I mean, however you found this podcast, basically, because I don't have a cool website yet. Maybe someday I'll have a cool website. But yeah, check out all those shows and uh, check out my co-hosts because they're awesome. No, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope we made it a little harder to fall asleep tonight. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. So we're recording now? Is is this the part where I mute? Mute? I think, I think, uh, yeah. Moot. Moot. The question is moot. Oh, God. I'm going to take that sound and I'm just going to loop it somewhere in the show. (laughs) You should hear the sounds that I have uh, for uh, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Dread. You took all the checkboxes off the thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I sure did. I sure did. Now we can write stuff in. Look, you should be happy now. There's no checkboxes. That's true. I guess if you're going to go, if you're going to do it, it's got to be all or nothing. Was that actually good? Did I? What are you talking about having to do it more than once? You fucking nailed that. Yeah. Yeah, you think? Absolutely. Sometimes I I was so afraid I was going to like fuck up. There was one part where I waited too long, but I think I can just. Nah, you nailed it. it together. First try. Yeah. I also wrote that like five years ago or something because that's been waiting forever for this show no, how are you doing i'm sorry i'm sorry did i got you off too soon go ahead i'm sorry i was trying to do like a cool keep going thing nope it's all good <laughs> uh, i'm gonna pee myself this episode i bet money on it <laughs> keep going <laughs> I love that that's an inside joke now well I can't wait till we talk about that one if we one. cut off yes. if we cut off part of the movie I'm just Monica. saying I get you alright I'm going I'm going motherfucker sorry <laughs> number <laughs> I mean uh, number uh, dread yes dread <laughs> They're doing well, Monica. They're doing well. I'm new to this show. Uh, Hi, people. I'm new. (laughs) Number nine. Hold on a second. Is anybody actually keeping track of who's? You are, and you should also say your number ten first. Oh yeah. (laughs) Don't worry. I will. I will remind you when we all four pick a movie. Yeah. I mean, I should know this. Actually, it'll be next. When we do. Well, knowing my list, it'll be a well for certain movies to be talked about. Oh, no. Looking at you, Travis. Sure. What, have you seen all the lists? Or are you just assuming that? No, but I know what you've already said so far. And I know where I put certain movies. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Two stamps. Stabs. Oh. Stabs. 
Oh, I heard stamps. I got two stamps. Usually, I'll also do it if you're sending a letter. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Ah, that's your cue. Yes. What? What's my cue? Not you, Dread. Just sitting there staring. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was supposed to do something. What did I do? Uh, No. Um. Well, (laughs) you know what I mean. Like, I just want everyone to get to say okay. My number two. My number two. Oh, whoops. <laughs> well, then. I'm sorry. I'm getting tired, well, okay? She doesn't like, say anything now. She just goes for it. Yes, well, okay. yeah. Part two. God. Part two. It's hard. I think we've all said number three now. Part three. Jesus fucking Christ, number part. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Say what I'm going to say. What? You know, know what I'm going to say. Tell me. Go ahead, say what no. you were going to say then. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. Going to open the door just now really threw me off my game. I'm sorry. Where do we go from? You'll probably go into the 13 then. Unless you do you want to do your list first. Do you have anything to say, Faye? Nope. Because the list is hmm? before the 13. So. Oh, our definitive ranking list. And then we move on to 13. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well said, Bella. Well said. <laughs> Bella. Well said. So. There is no clip. I know. I'm leaving space for you I'm, to play the clip. I'm though. saying it for Travis. Hey. Okay. I figured they knew. I also or- gave away the title there. Yeah, he did. That's the thing. By the way, since this will be in the patron cut. No, <laughs> anyway. Oh, there's uh, a special ASMR uh, Patreon level for this. Yes, ASMR. Number 11 is part nine, the final Friday. Jason goes to hell. It's. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I did Expert that. in Friday the 13th series. Yep. Hey. I am tired. Go eat a bag of dicks. Okay. 